Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. Psalm 62 says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. That power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. Um, uh, it's obviously a theme in the psalm this morning, right? For God alone my soul waits in, in silence. Uh, which prompted all sorts of thoughts from my end as we reflect on the scripture this morning. Any, right, immediately I went to like Simon and Garfunkel. Any, any fans? Yeah, I thought about just having you look at your neighbor and play the quiet game, but uh, that, that could be awkward, I guess. But uh, you, you know, like, like, hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. So some of you guys are like, yeah, big fans? No? Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. Do you guys want to sing it? And the vision that was planted? No? In my brain still remains within the, there we go, right? Yes, yeah, silence. I feel, like, I feel like silence conjures up all, all sorts of, uh, of feelings. I, I think an initial reaction, which we've referenced this uh, with regards to rest a few weeks ago. On the one hand, I think silence for many of us is terrifying, right? This is the territory, uh, the landscape of like every suspense and horror movie, right? Like silence. They play, they play ominous feelings of, uh, uh, that come w- w- with, with silence. I mean, yes, many of you. Okay. Uh, awesome. Uh, some of you guys saw the quiet place maybe, or, you know, like this, this, uh, I saw an interview where the director sort of talked to like in a world where he had to like sound was the villain and, uh, talked about sounding like a character in the movie and, and silence sort of its antithesis, right? Silence. I think for many of us, uh, and we talked about this, you know, when life gets quiet enough that, like, the, the, the volume of our interior life can be heard uninterrupted, it can be a little terrifying. Uh, so sort of that space of, of silence. But, but I also thought uh, oftentimes you guys know the feeling like uh, we, we talk about awkward silence. Right? Like, when, when you're making small talk with someone or trying to get to know someone, and, and, and we resist that pause with everything within us, right? We, we will fill it with whatever we can because we, the awkwardness of that silence. But, but that awkward silence doesn't just live in those sort of 
more surface level spaces. Maybe you have felt that in sort of the more deeply meaningful relationships in your life where there's tension or conflict. And now uh, where there used to be sort of free-flowing communication, there is uh, oftentimes, a, awkward is too soft a word, but there is a silence that is uncomfortable and, and uh, thick with, 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 with uh, tension and strife, an awkward silence. But I also thought, like, uh, you know, we also hear the phrase, maybe. Do we hear the phrase? I don't know. Silence is golden. Deafening? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That would fall under the, like, terrifying silence. But golden is what I was aiming for. Um, so you guys win. Sorry, buddy. Your bracket's busted. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah, this, this sort of silence is like this virtuous thing, right, that, uh, which scripture celebrates this generally, all sorts of sort of philosophical traditions talk about the value of, of silence, uh, it being this golden thing, but sometimes I think we, uh, we, we sort of turn that into like a, it's like a, a punishment, I thought of like sort of culturally sort of bygone eras of like, you know, children were to be seen but not heard, right, um, uh, silence is golden in the sense of, of uh, you know, it's sort of kind of keeping someone in, in their place. In that sense, it becomes harmful. But when we read uh, our psalm this morning, for you, uh, God, alone, my soul waits in silence. We, we hear silence as a kind of uh, gift. It, it is not something we create or manufacture. It's this, it's, uh, it's this gift. It's the framework, really. We've seen this pattern in previous psalms. If we think of the psalm as like a lattice on which things can grow or a, a scaffolding that sort of holds the structure, um, we, this refrain is repeated twice in verse 1. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. And then again, lest we forget in verse 5, for God alone, again, we're holding this as a prayer, for God alone, O my soul. Now it's a command. Wait in silence, for my hope is from, is from him. It becomes this structure on which hangs uh, everything. In fact, I think all of the ensuing sort of constituent parts of this psalm find their home in, in, in these two refrains as they're repeated. For God alone, the implication is I could be looking in all kinds of places for security, but in this moment, for God alone, and these spaces will be explored in the prayer, but in this moment, God alone, uh, my soul waits in silence. This raises the question, well, what do we find there? What inhabits that quiet, uh, silent space? Well, from him comes salvation. And as the prayer continues, it will, it will put flesh on this expression of security. So I, I want us to consider, we're just going to consider uh, the psalm as we move through it here, and then we're going to close with a song and a prayer of silence and communion before we dismiss this morning. That's where we're headed. And um, uh, Really, I just want to hold, hold the psalm kind of around three words, and the first one is where we have started, uh, silence. But then we're going to consider how the psalm sort of suggests to us that this, the silence of this psalm, whew, man, was that alliteration? I don't know. The silence of this psalm is situated, uh, I'll, I'll stop, but uh, it has a context. So we're going to consider the context of the silence that we are invited into uh, in the psalm, but also the content that we find there. So that's, that's the direction we're headed. So we start with silence, which we've read already. Verses 1 and 5 repeat the refrain, and then put some, they put a, a bit of flesh on there that in, in this silence, why, what's the motivation here? Where I want to suggest that in this prayer of, uh, of Psalm 62, uh, we are drawn into sort of relinquishing any sort of self-reliance. 
that wrapped up in these two invitations to silence, these confessions, is, is an admission, uh, man, that I am not nearly as reliable as uh, I, I think, uh, is, is an invitation to give up any sort of, sort of self-sufficiency. Right? For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. And then the development here in verse 2. Why? Because he alone is my rock. He alone is my salvation, my fortress, as we've sung this morning. Uh, it's, 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 the security in my life is, is found in, in him. Because of him, I shall not be greatly shaken. And then the same theme is repeated in verse 5. For God alone, my soul, wait in silence. Why? From, from him, my hope comes. And then it develops it with the same language. He is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. Trust in him. Then the invitation. Let us trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart before him because he is a refuge. What I want us to hear as we consider the first word, silence, this morning, uh, is that this, this is an invitation to you and me to sort of give up the game of self-reliance. The, the, the security, the path in your life, all of the planning and managing, all of the goals, all those things are necessary and important. We want to grow and, and we want to uh, work and we strive. We do all these things. But, but the, the prayer, the invitation of this psalm is, is first to recognize that, 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 that all of that isn't sort of what uh, gives us weight, as we'll see in a moment. That our, our security doesn't lie in our own abilities, our own determinations, or the opinions of others, as we'll see in a moment. But it rests in God alone. Silence in this sense is a confession, right? A confession as I come to the end of my words that my life depends on the words of another, right? That, that, that my life doesn't depend on sort of what I can manufacture, that my life and the security uh, that I am invited into depends on the word of another. I've, I've mentioned Wendell Berry in here before. I, uh, he's a farmer from Kentucky and has written prolifically. I enjoy his fiction very much. If you, uh, Jay Burke Crow is a fun one, a good place to start. But uh, he's written some poems on silence. And one in particular, uh, the, 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 the language, uh, I feel like, sort of resonates with the feeling of the psalm. He's writing about nature. Maybe that's your quiet uh, place. You sort of like to step out into a world where you are small and creation is big. But he says, though the air is full of singing, my head is loud with the labor of words, uh, this, this tension that we feel that, that we are pulled, uh, invited into silence to give up sort of uh, our self-sufficient um, tug and rely on the word of another, but the, 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 the reality is that our hearts and lives are full of all kinds of chatter, which brings me to the second word. If the first word is silence, the second word I want us to consider is noise, Right? Noise. We heard a drum in the kids' room just a few moments ago. Noise. We, we have made a joyful noise in song this morning. Noise. Your life perhaps is full of all kinds of noises. Well, the context of this psalm suggests that, uh, that, that silence that you are invited into, that we are invited into, the silence of trusting God as our security. Uh, in, in the psalm, admittedly comes with its own bit of noisy context. And we see this developed in verses 3 and 4. And then uh, in the second sort of section of verses 9 and, and 10, right? Verses 3 and 4, how, how long? So he's, he's just declared, I will rest. My soul I, I will, will trust uh, silently in, in God who is my salvation. And then in verse 3, how long will all of you? He's gonna, his eyes come down and he's looking around at the world around him. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. And then this beautiful line, they bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. 
There's a, a lot going on here. And I don't know if this is sort of the language of your prayer life, right? We, as you pray like this, to pray this would feel perhaps a little uh, f- foreign. But I, I think uh, one author has suggested, a scholar has suggested that this sort of wrapped up in this language is, is once again a critique, if you will, of, of a world that's built on sort of asserting yourself. Right, that they hear the, the prayer, uh, David, the author, right, praying this prayer is, is confessing, man, there are all these systems in the world, this, this, uh, the pressure I feel in the world where it's like, assert yourself, get ahead, They're, they bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse, almost as if uh, there is this push in, in his world uh, that on the surface seems to be like uh, an invitation to success or encouragement, uh, a way to get ahead in the world, but he discovers it to be uh, sort of selfishly motivated, uh, sort of a bait and switch, if you will. Uh, they're blessed with their mouths, but inwardly uh, they curse. This feeling, it, I don't know, this feels really cynical, but it made me think of like Super Bowl commercials, right? All the spaces in, which, in, in our lives in which we are sort of advertised to, like given a hook, man, if, if this thing... If, 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 if this thing were a part of your life, then, right, uh, the security you're looking for would be materialized in this way. But underneath all of that, again, I know this is really cynical, underneath all of that is this sort of same bait and switch that we see here. It sounds like a blessing from the mouth, but inwardly there are other ulterior selfish motives at play here. And, 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 and you, you feel in the psalm as, as he's looking for silence, a place uh, uh, f- for rest from this relentless sort of um, pressure in his world, uh, you, you hear uh, the invitation to silence within this context. But there's a, a second sort of um, context in verses 9 and 10. Those of low estate are but breath, a breath. Those of high estate are delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion, set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. And once again, it feels like in the prayer, he's, he's looking at the world around him and all the ways in which the world suggests this is how you advance, this is how you add weight and significance to your life. These are exposed for um, being less than advertised, full of bravado emptiness it's it's uh we read it and i think we read this first verse verse nine those those of us those of low estate are but a breath culturally our world its values like yeah that makes sense right right people of low estate have less value that's the way the world functions it's the way systems function it's oftentimes that we don't want to admit right we it's it's just the way our hearts are drawn to operate that makes sense to us but then we read uh, he, he also prays those of high estate are also a delusion that that none of these things have weight, that all the ways in which we assign value, so that's not really where that significance lies. It's, it uses the imagery of balances, right? The economy in, in the day, you wanted to buy a pound of rice, uh, you, you know, you added the weights, you got the pound, then you put the rice in until the scales were even, and that's how you knew you had the right value. And, and in this moment of prayer, as, he, as he's invited into silence, as you and I are invited into silence, we uh, we, we hear sort of called into question the way in which we balance what's valuable in life and, and, and who, right? That, that, that all the things we want to push into that scale, all the, ways, all the things you and I want to sort of heap onto that scale to, to sort of show that our lives have value and significance. This psalmist in this prayer, uh, again, 
suggest that maybe uh, all of those things that you and you and I are pushing into the into that scale aren't aren't quite what we uh, thought they might would be. Uh, I, I wonder, as I thought about uh, this section of the psalm for you and me, we could use a couple different images, sort of n- noisiness and chatter. Use the imagery of the balance of the scales and all the things we want to push into them. What, what are those spaces for you? Uh, in, a, in, in, in an attempt at uh, only a slight bit of vulnerability, right? Uh, I'll tell you what this has looked like most recently for me. Uh, th- th- maybe you can relate in some other way, but that oftentimes uh, I have found like when I wake in the morning, there are times where at the moment of like consciousness, to be dramatic, right? Uh, I, I can immediately feel sort of the noisy chatter of my life. And my, I, immediately my mind is sort of uh, caught up in like the things that uh, I know need to be done for Park City. Uh, the things I think need to be done for Park City to be healthy and, and a place where disciples are formed and grown. The, uh, immediately I'm sort of confronted with like, I'll be honest with you, sort of the things in my house, right? Just like, like oh man, I know this needs attention and this needs attention and uh, and I think about parenting, right? You guys are like, man, I'll be praying for you, Matt. He sounds like you got some issues, right? I know a therapist you could talk to. Um, all right, I, th- I start thinking about, uh, you know, recent conversations with my kids, moments of uh, failure as a, as a dad, or oh, like, it's, just, it's like present there in the moment. And, and, I, and in my mind, I, I can feel the struggle of like, I, I want to sort of push things onto the scale to, to just say, and I got this, bit of life under control. And I used to think that was a space just for like the intensely difficult seasons of my life. And maybe you are in one of those, but it's interesting to me that it's just as true for me in the sort of routine uh, pressures of life, right? What, what are you and I, what are we pushing sort of onto the scale to kind of balance life and show that our life has substance and weight? Maybe it's our performance. Maybe it's our performance vocationally. Right, if I could just do a good enough job vocationally or, or civically as a citizen in my community or economically, if I could just reach these markers or parentally or morally or all the markers of sort of significance that we have identified in, in life, that culture has identified, if I can just push enough uh, things onto the scale of that balance, my life will have weight. It will have substance. The scales will tip finally in the right direction. The psalmist says, man, all of that is noise. This noise. Maybe you feel that pressure, right? It's, it's noise, he says. We, I mentioned last week we went to Humboldt, Kansas in an attempt to find a bit of quiet for our family. And uh, it was lovely. We had a lovely time. But the first night we were there, all right, we were like the skylight in the little uh, cabin thing we're sleeping in. You could see the stars, beautiful, dark, and quiet. Felt very, you know, rural. And uh, we're going to sleep my kids and, and, uh, and, and like we're, we're sort of past the initial going to bed and we're in the like drifting to sleep phase and like sirens, so many uh, sirens. I think they were sirens. I don't know what they were, but they were loud and long and I was worried for whatever was going on. And in that moment, I was thinking, are you kidding me? Right? <laughs> like, like we have intentionally sort of stepped away from the noisy spaces of my life. And I was thinking about my kids. I'm like, oh, I got a kid. Sirens really set her off. She's going to be so anxious. And I'm like, we are here to rest. And, and I, I feel that, that move in the psalm is the admission. See, we sometimes think, man, the life of faith and following Christ was, you know, once you make that decision, it's like smooth sailing. Well, this psalm admits no. The silence into which we are invited happens within the context of all of this other uh, noise. 
right? And, and all the ways in which we try to kind of quiet it, I think they're exposed in this prayer, which brings us to the final point. We start with the invitation to silence. We, we admit sort of the noise in our own lives and the noise around us. Well, then, well, what is the 